This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What up, buddy? How are you? What's up, dude? How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I can't complain. You finally back from Florida? I feel like you were down there for four months. Good. It was. It feels. It, it was great. It was a good rewiring. But I'm back in New York. The only thing is, there's no celebrities back. There's more celebrities in Miami than New York. Yeah. I could. I could actually do better. You know, running around the streets with my camera in Miami than New York because there's just nothing to do here. The only celebrities in New York are. It's the same people. And it's so boring. It's just like Katie Holmes and Katie Holmes. Oh, and That's she's it. not exactly talking, so it doesn't. No, really matter. not at all. So it's, it's just a waste. There's just nothing. I, I. There's no one to pick up my camera for. I did well in Miami. But just hey, dude, you got a lot of people down there. Yeah, it was great. Miami was awesome. It's um, to be honest with you, it wasn't as crazy as people think. Mm-hmm. It was like, man, like is every Miami, you know, Florida, not wearing masks? And you know what? Like, is it a little more late? Yes, but just everything's open. Everything's open. When you walk into a restaurant, you wear a mask, and then when you sit down, you take off your mask. I mean, that's that's pretty much what it is. It's just that nothing. You know, everything is open, but uh, I didn't go to any places where I didn't feel safe. You know, I, you know it was what it was, but uh, hmm. it felt good to be there. It feels good to be back in New York. It feels back to see you without the uh, shower curtain behind me. You know, so uh, <laughs> Dude, think, things studio. are getting back to normal here, too. They're yeah. opening Disneyland again. We've been waiting really? a long time for that. Yeah, it's, it's wow. about to open, which is a, a huge deal for California, because I've always told myself, I'm going to know when the pandemic is finally like wrapping up and we're going to go back to normal life when disney opens and that to me yeah is huge yeah no i actually went to disney world in florida disney world over disneyland any day disneyland sucks dude disneyland is whoa whoa whoa. disneyland is terrible disneyland is terrible terrible i mean smaller it's og though you can't knock on disneyland it is og but you know what it's if you're a little kid, it's great. If you're a parent with a little kid, it's great. But if you're a grown adult going to Disney World on an edible like me, like <laughs> it's just, it, <laughs> Disney World is just so much better. Well, that definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes a big difference. You're ridiculous. But. You're uh, <laughs> uh, good podcast oh. today. We got uh, Gigi from Shaza Sunset. She's a cool chick. I, uh, you know, it's gonna be fun to have her on the podcast yeah. today. Uh, before we get to her, uh, Dax, we got some reviews. Uh, let me see. We do have a new review. Let's take a look. It says, uh, Dax is great. I have loved him since the TMZ. Adam was rude on TMZ, and he is rude on this show. Dax, I need another partner if he really wants to shine. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Who said <laughs> This is so ridiculous. Uh, I am happy to shine along with Adam. Adam is the best. I will not be replacing Adam. So I am I am sorry, but you're gonna have to stick with him because he's great. And that he's- is so stupid. How is that rude? It's like I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to ask permission for the celebrity to talk to me. Like no, that is so stupid. You're stupid. Eat my ass. Eat my ass. What a dummy. <laughs> 
That is, doesn't even make any sense. Like, yeah, I'm, how, who's is this? Was this uh, Michelle Tanner or whatever talked to me? Like, how you're rude? How rude? Like, who says that? Oh, He's rude. So who said like this? Was crying, this a seven year old who left this? I don't know. Oh my god! Eat my ass! All right. <laughs> That's great. Oh my god. That's All good. Right. Uh, well, listen, this is the best thing you do to support this podcast. Uh, oh, you gotta leave a review. Hopefully it's not negative towards me calling me rude. But the best thing uh, you do to support this podcast is leave a review and give us five stars. If you do that, that's the best thing you do. It's like this, it's like yeah. this uh iTunes And even if you want to leave a totally shitty review, just give us five stars at least yes. and then leave us a shitty review to read on air because exactly that, that makes a big difference for us. Yeah. You can but feel free us. to yeah. uh to leave your grievances in in the review section with five stars. Yeah, we will read no, them on there. Oh god, that uh, so that's a thing to do. Uh, Dax, tell us about a guest today. Uh, today is a good guest. Today is an awesome guest. Uh, she is now a podcaster, an entrepreneur, but you know her from Shaw's Sunset. We have Gigi on Hollywood Raw today. Welcome, Gigi. Thank you. For Hi. Having me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Gigi, thank you for coming on the podcast. Obviously, uh, a lot to get to, but first. How are you? How you doing? I'm you amazing. Right? I'm good. Thank you. I mean, I hate saying that I'm doing great during a global pandemic, but I'm I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> well, you had a, you have some health issues going on right now. You have what is it exactly? You have arthritis. Like, can you get can you talk about that? Yeah, I have an autoimmune disease, which I've had for about 13 years now. Um, I had a bit of a grip on it and then I got pregnant and had a very tragic loss of pregnancy and then got pregnant again a few months later. Then my doctors think my body went into some sort of massive shock and my rheumatoid arthritis came back again. So I'm a bit immunocompromised. So the pandemic is uh, a very fearful thing for someone like me. So I'm going to be honest, I don't know a lot about rheumatoid arthritis. What is it just affect all of your joints? Is it your hands? Is it your legs? Like, what what kind of pain does this put you in? Um, That's a great question, because I think people hear the word arthritis, and they don't really understand what it is. And they like, I think they like medically change the term to rheumatoid disease. Because um, it's basically the same with a lot of autoimmunes. Your cells are confused and they're attacking your body. With this disease, it attacks your joints. And, you know, not everybody has the same joints, but it typically happens in pairs. Right now, I would say I have about 42 joints affected. Oh. So it's painful. It's, it's, it's draining. It almost feels like... Um, when you're sick and you have like a fever where your body's just tired and you just can't pull through, mm-hmm. that is my 24 seven. And wow. so how do you, how do you cope with this pain? Is it, I mean, I know that you, you smoke, but is there anything else that allows you any kind of relief? Um, well, right now, yes, the cannabis does help. Unfortunately in this time, I can't be solely on cannabis because Apparently, my doctor said I was in pretty bad shape. So I do weekly chemo injections in my stomach, and I do monthly infusions where I sit in the chair. Um, when it gets super bad again, we just they put a steroid injection in my rear and try to suppress it a bit. But there's I'm just I'm I'm grateful for medicine. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for God's greens. You know, I could smoke it up. I'm just hoping to get back to the day where I can just rely on cannabis to sort of keep my autoimmune at bay. And yeah. 
Sorry, I just want one one more last question on this. Uh, do they is this something that there is a cure for that there is there is a light at the end of the tunnel or is this your status quo from here moving forward? Unfortunately, rheumatoid arthritis has no cure and it's pretty much with you. You have an opportunity to hit remission, um, but it could just come back at any minute. So there's no cure for it, unfortunately. Thank you for asking those questions, though. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's I never I'm not familiar with it. So it's, I'm glad you're you're dealing with it. You're in a better place overall, besides the arthritis COVID, you know, has been going on the past few months. How what have you been doing the past year during this pandemic? I guess we're at a year now that that's been really going on. What have you been doing the past year? I've been raising a whole human being. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was bizarre. March 1st of 2020 was my baby shower. I had friends flying in from New York, around the world, everyone coming in. And then one of my girlfriends was in London and she's like, you know, I'm a little sketch because of the stuff that's being talked about in Europe. There's this COVID. It's too much over here. And over here in America, we're hearing the talks of it, but it wasn't anything, right? Two weeks later, the world is fucking shut down and I have to give birth just a couple weeks after that. And they're talking about it's an old person's disease. The whole world is hoarding toilet paper for some reason, you know, and I have to decide who do I take to the hospital with me? Because like, that's a big decision to make. I was going to you know? ask you that. Yeah. So at first they were saying no one can go in. Um, you can, no one can have a plus one, but then they were, I guess they, I don't know, California's governor said that uh, childbirth and death, you can have like one person next to you or something like that. So I didn't want to pick my parents because at that time they were saying it's an old person's disease. So I asked my sister to come along and she actually pulled the baby out of my vagina. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. She, she was down for that, huh? It's good family The doctor bonding. was like, this is the last push. And I was like, oh, my sister jumped in. Like, <laughs> you know, I've seen, I've seen videos of women pulling the baby out themselves, too. I'm no, like, I, no. I don't Suck know. that Courtney Kardashian <laughs> shit. Okay, props to her, because that's a whole nother level of, like, badass. But I don't think I can do all that. I have long nails. I would, like, poke his eyeballs out. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I I was, like, I was trying to look, but I, I couldn't look. I, it was It's too much for I get very squeamish with all that kind of stuff, blood and guts. So I'm right there. I, I'm going to stay on this side of the curtain. <laughs> it's a good side. It's a good side. <laughs> uh, how has how has being a mom changed your life? Because I know obviously people know you from Shaza Sunset and yeah. you know kind of your party lifestyle and all this kind of fun stuff that we've watched on reality TV. Yeah. But what's it like now that you are a mother? Um. Gosh, I feel like my life sort of changed a couple years ago when I decided to make a drastic change and that bloody fists weren't going to work anymore at the end of the mm -hmm. night. You know, so um, I think I just got in touch with myself and my soul and my purpose. And once I think that started flowing naturally, a couple years later, I was like, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to be a mom. I think I have a little bit of what it takes to pass on to another human being, a little experience, a little bit of I've been through that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's been it's been surreal. I'm just really anxious for him to get to that age where I could talk to him, like really talk to him. But it's been awesome. It's 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 scary because right now he's standing up and trying to walk and there's the bumps and the this and the that and my heart's like stopping. And 
But, you know, I just go and I smoke a little weed and I'm all, I'm better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all better. So, yeah. (laughs) Would you, are you, do you feel comfortable putting your kid on reality TV or are you going to wait for that? Or how do you feel about that? Or would you even allow your kid to be on reality TV? Oh, he's already been on. I can't wait for you guys to see his debut in this upcoming season. He's been on. He's experienced. I mean, he might even be nominated for something. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, um, I don't think that I uh, signed my contract to do this, to give my life to people without accepting that I'm really giving everything. And a child, not just having a child, but literally filling out a questionnaire to look for a sperm donor to build a baby, you know, and, and what keep that a secret from the whole world when there's a lot of women out there who want to take this path, but have been so scared. Fuck. Yeah. My son's going to be on TV as much. You know, I want the word to be out that us women, we can do these things, you know, So that's just my take on that. Sorry, I got a little feisty at the end. No, I I, I love it. I you know I, I think I think it'll be. Do, do you ever get nervous about what he may think when he grows up and watches his evolution or his story unfold? Do you ever get nervous with that? Sure. I mean, you know, hundred percent. But I I can't control everything and the more you try to control things the more it slips out of your fingers and i think we just got to have a little bit of a loose grip on life and let it flow embrace it and take it for what it is like i said i don't think i would have had a child had i not been a little prepared for giving those talks or making him try to understand if it comes a day where this is not something he wants or can handle and it's affecting him I'm done. You guys would never see my face again, ever, you know. At what point did you realize that life for you was never going to be the same because you're on reality TV? Like you knew the show comes out. It's a success right away. You know, uh, has a large fan base. It's kind of tapped into that, that Beverly Hills, Los Angeles audience that it was like, because that's what was going on. This huge Persian American audience or, or a community in Los Angeles. And then it kind of just touched and became a success right away. I remember working for TMZ at the time. I remember just seeing everything about it and it was just crazy. But yeah. was there a moment for you when like you realized like, man, that like life's different? Um, it was fucking surreal. Uh, you know, being on TV is just the coolest fucking thing ever by itself. But then having a show that's about you that lasts for god all these years almost 11 years we're doing this it's just really awesome and i just remember that feeling of people saying thank you for sharing your story on tv and i'm like i was just being myself you know it's just it's 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 a little bizarre i don't know it's it's i'm so appreciative of it but it's bizarre you ever feel how'd your family feel what's that how did your family feel were they uh how'd they react to it my Even when you tell them the not, news that you're going on it. Yeah, my parents were not for it in the beginning because um, 11 years ago, reality TV was a, not what it is today. You know, it was Jersey Shore. We had the Kardashians starting out, uh, Real World, those type of things. So their concept of reality TV was what it was. People went on and, you know, got into fights and drama. And that's sort of what I sort of did myself. But um I have evolved. 
<laughs> you, do, do you ever feel the pressure to be entertaining or to make your life bigger than it is because it's recorded and because there's a pressure of people watching you live your life? Wow. No, not at all. You know, um, I've been kicked out of 10 schools. I was arrested my first time when I was 15 years old for trespassing, being drunk, carrying a bat onto a school campus. I have, I can go on and on and tell you which countries I've all been arrested in. <laughs> so, and this was all before, you know, Ryan Seacrest created this Shaw's a Sunset and, and it took off. So no, I think I was just always meant to be recorded. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Of all the countries you got arrested at, which was the worst? I was, um, okay. Even though I'm from Iran, I think I was originally the, I would say I used to be the most scared from when I got arrested in Iran until I got arrested in Turks and Caicos. Really? <laughs> Why I was that so scary? They got me for cursing. Cursing? Oh, cursing. What, what did you say? I, I don't know, but I cur I can't help. I curse so much. It's insane. I like my son does something. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it's just <laughs> like I curse so much. And I was in the airport and they were hassling one of my girlfriends and her suitcase and trying to go through her stuff. And they saw like a bottle of vodka that she got in like the the airport, you know, or something like that. And they were like, we have to take it on my mother. This is bullshit. And I'm like walking away. He goes, hey, you, you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, take her. Oh my God, they took me. They wanted me to apologize. And I said, I'm not fucking apologizing. They're like, you did it again. That's $400. <laughs> they say $400. I said, $400. And I go, hmm. I look and I'm like, one, two, three, four cops in the room. Hmm, $400. Hmm. <laughs> My girlfriend was outside crying. Give them the fucking money. So I'm like, all right, but this is fucked up. <laughs> I just paid them. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay. So note to self, don't curse in Turks and Caicos when you've don't, got corrupt yes. cops who want money in the back room. Oh my God. Don't curse in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you been arrested then? Like total in your life? Oh, well, arrested where I've been booked once, but arrested in putting cuffs mm -hmm. and contained a, a lot. Wow. All right. God, you really do have a fascinating life. You really were made for TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said before, like, you know, you, 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 you know, your true self, you know who you are, how much of your real self is actually portrayed on television, you know, or like, cause we had Mike, the situation on the podcast and he knew when he was going on the show, he had to kind of be, you know, throw, he kind of made this character, the situation after the rock, you know, he had to kind of stand out. You've been successful. You've been on the show the entire uh, time it's been on, you know, there's been some people come in and out of the show, right. but you've been one of the few people that's been on the entire time Shaz of Sunset's been on what has been your strategy and did you ever like think about strategizing to be someone or a category or is it just you knowing how to work the camera um yeah again I think I think after knowing just who I am authentically and the things that I've been through before I was even on this show it's just 
I, it was effortless and it still is effortless for me. I really don't see the cameras that are around me at all. I don't notice them. I fall asleep with the, the microphone packs stuck on me. I just, it's like, it's, it's, I don't see it. I don't see it, you know? And, and it's interesting because we went from our first season having six episodes to now we're, we're in the teens of episodes, right? And, and it was difficult, I think, because here I am. I was the youngest of the crew. I'm the spicy spitfire. I'm cute, you know, so I try to get away with things, but I was just crazy. So there was a lot of more focus on that at that time because people knew in my group of friends how to access that part of me, you know, yeah. because so I feel like. There's, there's a dance that you do in any friendship, in any group of friends that you have. You know which of your friends you go fuck with to bother them, to piss them off. You know what to say. You know the things you could say to each person. So I feel like here we are, a group of friends who does that. We, we kind of already know how to push it now. We're being recorded doing it. You know, but then there's editing, there's fine tuning. There's, it's, come on, they can't show the thousands and thousands and thousands of hours that we are filming it's impossible you guys would die <laughs> yeah. how did you so end up you... on this show like, yeah. i guess i i don't even know how you like did ryan seacrest find you guys is this like uh just he happened to run into you or did you guys audition like how did you wind up yeah. on this show no 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 i i i literally uh just opened a sober living house i finished my degree at lmu in treating addicts with a um dual diagnosis i was doing all this stuff when this all landed with me and you know because it's it's literally we are all friends somehow so putting all of our in like oh hey nice to meet you mike's been my friend since we were 13 you know mj swears i tried to fight her like a couple years before this show has ever started but i think i think she's talking shit she swears i tried to fight her so it's like we all just we're all connected somehow and then they just ryan made it work as one entity gotcha. yeah well what was the reaction from the community like the uh you know persian americans in beverly hills did uh were they were they, were they warm and receptive? They... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> so, so they were not only protesting in front of Beverly Hills City Hall for the cancellation of this show for two seasons, literally protesting. They were telling there was like a newsletter, I guess, in the Persian community, some shit. They're telling everybody. Don't watch it because if you watch it, you're going to give the show ratings. So they would all pile up at one person's house or something like that. And, you know, like to watch the show, those same people are fucking chasing us down the street talking about, I love you. Yeah, because you're representing the community. Like, exactly. So, you know, it was very tough. It was very tough how much they wanted the our community wanted to shut down. And you know what? It was a scary moment because there's never been a show about Middle Easterns like this on an American network, right? Here we are, Persians, ready to expose it all on a fucking massive network like Bravo. Huge, right? Here they are only fucking with these housewives. And here we come, Shaws of Sunset. So it was just... I was really excited because I was already a Bravo fan. You know what I mean? So it was really cool. But on that same note, it's almost like those are the moments 
that make these shows. Like in that moment, it was probably like, oh, this is crappy. The community's coming against us. But that kind of press coverage, that kind of insanity is what makes a show. I mean, I remember Jersey Shore, same thing. It was like everyone was up in arms. And so everyone yeah. wanted to find out why is this show so bad? And I got to think, like, my Persian friends are the funnest people I know. So yeah. having a look into that world is yeah. amazing. Like, I'm, I'm someone that eats dinner at 6. Not a single one of my Persian friends eats dinner at 6 p.m. It's like midnight is like when the hors d'oeuvres <laughs> come out. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, and I'm like, I just can't even hang. So it's fun to get that glimpse. Well, you're inside. one of the few. A lot of a lot of people don't have that openness um, that share your same skin complexion. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's just we've always had a specific few labels, um, mm -hmm. very synonymous with the 9/11 kind of situation. So those have been how we've been labeled for decades. So it was really difficult to carry that weight because it's here you are thinking I have to represent for the whole fucking culture, but I'm a fucking bad person who always gets in trouble and I always start shit and I, my whole body's tatted up and this and that. And, you know, and it's like, I'm like a walking controversy. So, so I was scared. I was like, okay, they're going to really sh fucking shut me down or they're going to hate me. And I got a few of those when I would be out. You know, yeah. I got a few and they were always from the Persians, you know, like, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. Your embarrassment, you know, Reza, uh, he had it the worst being gay and a half Jewish and a half Muslim. He gets like he used to get like, fuck, a lot of shit, you know, back then. Yeah. So it's been tough. I remember when Reza just first came out, he was like. I, it, I think it was during the upfronts in New York and you guys were staying at the standard and meatpacking. And, oh uh, my god yeah, nice I, memory yeah yeah yeah. i remember this because i remember seeing reza and it was like man when reza came out i was like who's this guy with this mustache and he was such a character you know just to yeah. look at and you know and I, was, I say that with respect but it was just so interesting and i i just remember that weekend uh you guys that was right i was you were yeah. at the standard right down and yeah absolutely absolutely we, Dax doesn't know oh, the standard. i miss no the i know the standard that's that's okay, a hot yeah. spot out there oh, yeah, yeah the upfronts were like have you ever been to the upfronts i've been uh i usually covered them but i never went inside i would be outside them because oh i was a paparazzi God. but i uh uh, but I was always covering them because it was easy. You go to the hotel and the hotel, you know, and the hotel was great. It was actually, you know, you had all the talent just Everything coming in and out. Coming out. And the upfronts are basically when, you know, it's every year that all the talent comes in and basically gets to do a little presentation in front of all like the future potential advertisers. Yeah. So it was great for me because like, especially at this time, all the talent, all the Bravo talent was at the standard in meatpacking. Yeah. And you can stand outside and you have housewives of New York from housewives, Everybody. everyone from Lisa Vanderpump. And you yeah. just, and it was just, it was like fishing. It was actually yeah. fun and it was cool. And it was cool to it see you cool. guys like run into each other. It was other. so cool going into the elevator because it was not one time you would get into the elevator and it wasn't a Bravo Leopardy inside. It was, yeah. and it wasn't just that it was NBC. Like I saw the Royals and this is when I was obsessed with the show, the Royals. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, they were in the elevator with me. I'm like, Oh my God. the Royals. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. And then Todd Chrisley's little son was hitting on me one time at the bar in the standard. It was just fun. It was so much fun. I, I think I had my first like celebrity feeling moment mm -hmm. when I stepped outside of my hotel for the upfronts and the pop is just 
around and I'm just like, this must be what Kim Kardashian feels like. Yeah. like and I just, I posed, you know, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to juice this shit up. I feel like that's gotta be, that's, you know, getting invited to upfront is one of the coolest events or experiences. Like when you're in the industry, because like you do all the work and you don't really see the reaction right away. Then you go, you know, they fly you out to New York or wherever it is in LA. And then right there, boom, like they treat you very well. And there's there's a lot of eyes on you and it's a very, very cool experience. It's uh, Bravo con. We did Bravo con. Yeah. How was Bravo con? That was fun. I was, uh, four or five months pregnant and it was winter. So it was a little, you know, tricky, but it was, it was so much fun. And I'm so sad because of COVID. Cause I thought that this was going to be our new annual kind of thing. It was exciting that, Okay. It'll yeah. come back. I'm sure it'll come back. They'll do some more stuff God with really. it because people see- people are craving that. People want this kind of interaction now. Yeah. You know, like everyone's ready for it. You know, you being in LA and being like kind of in the heart of really like the celebrity sphere. Do yeah. you run into a lot of celebrities out here or any? Like, do you run into like a Lisa Vanderpump? At, you know, on Rodeo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We there. I think there's a a few people that always seem to run into each other and it's just basically where you dine and the people you hang out with. Um, I've sort of socially disconnected the last two years just because it just, it's better for me, you know, to just focus on my life and myself. But um, yeah, I see a lot of celebrities around LA. It just, none of them truly really get me excited, but yeah. Who would get you excited? Who's the last person that you saw that got you excited? The most excited I've ever been was when I met Tupac. Whoa, that's a cool one. I did not see that one coming. Yeah, Yeah, so please explain. (laughs) Oh, my God. You guys don't even understand. From floor to ceiling, I used to have Tupac posters, like, of everything. I would do Xerox copies and, like, blow it up and, like, put it all over my walls. I was obsessed. So, Rosie O'Donnell... um, um, not Rose O'Donnell. Um, no, Roseanne. Um, Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr. Sorry, Rose O'Donnell. Roseanne Barr was starting a show called Saturday Night Special, and um, they were going around high schools and stuff looking for people who want to be in the audience or like you know do this and that. So um, I went. I brought my sister, a couple of my friends from school, and from the audience, they asked us to come down and we could like dance around the bands, like we were dancing. And honey, when I was fifteen, I looked like I was thirty-five. Okay, so I'm just, <laughs> it's just like you know, I was just working it right. So here it is: Tupac, Ice T, Fuji's, and I'm like, no. At the, this time, the Fuji's weren't famous yet; they were just coming out. Tupac knew who they were because I remember when they were performing. He was just standing under them. Lauren Hill just like mesmerized. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? But that was my coolest moment. My sister made me ask him if he would go to prom with her because I was a freshman that year. My sister was a senior and she made me ask him to go to prom with her. And he said he would, he should go to prom with me for having the courage to ask. That is a really good celebrity running i must say right? yeah i'm, I'm yeah. like I, i'm waiting for yeah okay well who would be who would make you excited that's alive how about that <laughs> um a celebrity i don't know i really i like people with like really good brains and stuff like that like my my recent obsession because of you know starting the podcast show my recent obsession has really been in russell brand 
And I've, I've, I've always been obsessed with him, but now just, you know, really following all his, you know, podcast shows and doing that. I'm just, he's so brilliant to me. He really is. He's just, he's, he's, he's a different type of. He, he's honestly one of the greatest. I met him backstage at Access Hollywood when I was there. Really? He was so wonderful, so warm. He, I said hi. He came up and gave me a hug and like oh embraced me. God. I was like, oh my God, this is Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a really yes. genuinely nice guy. And you really? can tell that he's got like a good heart. Um, yeah. yeah. I, have we even tried to get him on the show, Adam? I don't think we've reached out no, to Russell. No, I, no. Are you I not a fan? No, no, I, he's cool. I dealt with him from other stuff. Oh, but he's okay, cool. Okay. I've, he's I, from my experience as being a paparazzi. He's been mm. uh, he's he's not the warmest for that. But it's oh, also okay. interesting because when I was dealing with the Moors when he was dating Katy Perry, and now he's kind of transitioned to being this more kind of uh, you know monk. podcaster and sort of uh, yeah monk, very <laughs> spiritual. Yeah. No, for real. Guy. No, I know he's. Yeah, but that's yeah. what I love. I mean, coming from such a massive addict that he was, and he turned his life around. And, you know, I was the same. I was a mat, you know, I started using when I was 11 and a half and I went to rehab, I did all that. And now I feel like I've changed my life around and I want to, I don't know, to me, I resonate well with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. You should definitely reach out to him to get him on your podcast because I feel like God willing, he, he's all about positive energy and finding yeah. people to, you know, have that kind of message. So if that's what you're yeah. into, I, I'm sure he'll do it. Well, it, I mean, if Russell's listening, you know, hey, <laughs> I know you hate paparazzi. I promise I'll never talk to them ever again if you come to me. <laughs> I also feel, though, that he has changed a lot. Like, I don't feel that. Yeah. I don't know, Adam, if you've ran into him in the last couple of years, but I don't feel I like that no. is his heart anymore. I feel that he I, went through a very dark phase in his life. Right. That, you know, he when he broke up with Katie and those things were spiraling right. out of control. And now that he's a father and, you know, like happily right. married, I think that he's just a different person. We see that with a lot of celebs. Yeah, we don't, you don't you see him about at a bad him. time. Yeah, you don't read about him much in the tabloids anymore. I mean, it's yeah. just he's just an interesting guy. You you um have been L.A. for a while. But besides the pandemic before L.A., do you think L.A. is still fun? Is it still cool? I mean, that's a hard question because age plays a factor in the answering of that. You know, I had the best time of my life being born and raised in this city. Like everything you want is accessible to you in this city. You know, it's just, but to me, it's, it's built on uh, materialism. It's built on just superficial, you know, properties. It's just, I don't know. So to me, LA is filled with the most beautiful restaurants and the most beautiful people and the best plastic surgeons. Trust me. I know. <laughs> Speaking I of know. superficial properties, what's the coolest house you've been to? The coolest house I've been yeah, to? Yeah. Cause I, I know that these like house parties go on in LA and there's always some like epic house party going on. Like what, what one do you think back and you're like, that one was dope. Like something um, cool in the house. Yeah. I haven't been to a really cool house party in a long time. The coolest house I've been to belonged to an Arab royal, you know, okay. you know, and they they love to spend, you know. So it was a very beautiful estate. So cool. Like, how are we talking like just huge and like uh, what is that area that Michael Jackson used to live in? Um, oh, Neverland. No, 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 no. The, uh, 
Homby Hills. Was it like over there? That's where oh. I feel like a lot of these like. Yeah, Homby Hills has bigger uh, lot space. Properties. No, yeah, this is huge. in Bel Air. The one I went to is in Bel Air. And it was, you needed a golf. They had these little mini golf carts that to get around the property. It's insane how big that house was. It was just house on on house on house on house all on. It would look like a Disneyland of houses. <laughs> it was insane. Okay, so back to the plastic surgery. Why do you say that LA has the best plastic surgeons? Um. Well, because we have the most superficial people, and we have Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Not Hollywood raw, but Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel that it's almost become like a norm, though? Like celebs go in and get their little like fillers and implants and all this stuff and it's just part of the business almost like you could write it off on your taxes these days because it's keeping people (laughs) employed that's like a double question you just came at me (laughs) (laughs) like uh it sounds like a tax issue or is it like okay um you know what i don't i don't know um I feel like this this city is, is heavy. It's very heavy with its weight of peer pressure on this, you know, the, your features. I One of my best friends is from Albany, and um, she moved out here many years ago. After two years, she was just not in the, a good place. And she's like, I can't be here. She moved back to New York being the successful architect that she is now today. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like I was born and raised here. I don't understand any other ethic other than this culture. I don't understand anything other than being in my doctor's office for Botox and fillers every, you know, three months or whatever. It's just the culture here for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It makes sense. Do you, I was going to say, I've, I've never done any of it, but is it, is it, are you ever nervous that something could go wrong? Like we've seen, you know, I, I don't want to throw out names, but we've seen people that have had bad injections. Like, are you ever nervous that something like that could happen? Um, no, because I go to the same doctor and, you know, the same injection people. And if, if, if it went right the first time, the 10th time, the thousandth time, it's going to be fine. Well, can you give me his number? Because my crow's feet right here looking a little wrinkly. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. I've never tried. Oh, my gosh. And it always sounds like interesting, but I'm, I'm too nervous. Well, I'm so I'm actually very proud of you for saying that, like publicly that you're, you know, as a man, you'd be willing to just go take I'll, care I'll of it. I'll try it. I'll try it. Why not? That's nice. So you've never had anything done? <laughs> no. Never. No. no. Well, Dax, you did what? have the penis decreasement. Yeah, that 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 was that was a rough time in my life. Yeah, that was rough. You did. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking with it. I was just thinking of uh, what's his name, Bolo from Housewives of Atlanta, the the, the stripper that was on. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, I don't think there's such thing as a penis decreasement. No, All right, <laughs> tell, tell us about your podcast because obviously we've touched on it a little bit here and there. But like, yeah. what what are yeah, you? I'm excited for. What is it? I'm excited for this podcast. I, oh. you know, it's uh, obviously got the good studio going on right now. I'm excited to hear what you're going to be doing on it. What you know? What can people expect from this podcast? Um, they could expect controversy. I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. I'm not here to um, interview people's personalities and you know certain things like that. I'm here to literally 
talk to people about their perspectives on certain topics, certain topics that are relevant to me in one way or the other. And, you know, I've been a walking controversy, so I want to sort of shed light on those topics. A lot of these topics are things that a lot of people are afraid to talk about, you know, like getting a sperm donor. There's nothing wrong with me as a woman. I can date any man that I want to and, you know, be a cum dumpster and just get pregnant, you know, but it's like, I, I wanted to just do it by myself on my own. I wanted to genetically know what I was creating. So I just want to bring light to certain conversations. I'm a, a mother and I still consume pot, you know, all day. So I want to talk about these type of things. Now, are you, are you having guests on? Are you, do you have a co-host? Like, give us kind of like a little rundown of your plan for this podcast. Um, well, I did decide to bring a co-host on for Genuinely Gigi. Uh, one of my dear friends, Anita Gohari, she and I are uh, similar in all the most amazing ways. And we are very different in the better ways. And, and I can't explain it. She's Persian Jewish girl, but from Ohio. So we have very different takes on life and dating and just different things, you know, like she would never be able to get a sperm donor or she believes in marriage. I believe in polyamory, you know, so, you know, we have, I want someone that will not sit there and kiss anybody's ass just to agree. I want someone who's going to bring discussion to the table. And, mm -hmm. you know, Anita has been great for that. And I will have expert guests. I'll have celebrity guests, but I'm trying to situate it right now. So each person can sort of be aligned with the topic, you know, where they can really shed light and not feel like we're having a superficial conversation. Yeah. And I was going to say for people that want to check it out, we are releasing this podcast on the same day as your podcast is oh, cool. premiering. So uh, for anyone that wants to check it out, go, it's, it's genuinely Gigi. Is that what you said it was? Yes. On any podcast, podcast um, form, you just genuinely GG. That would be so amazing if you guys listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, listen, you're making it sound very interesting. Just even the little tidbits that you're throwing. At, yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's something fascinating about someone. And I hope you take this. OK, that doesn't give a fuck that like speaks right. their mind that doesn't hold back. That to me is an interesting person to listen to because we had Adam Kroll on a couple of weeks ago. And that's the one thing I really like about Adam Kroll is he's like, he just, he lays it out there for people and doesn't hold back. And, right. you know, whether people love him or hate him or both, that's a fascinating person to me. Oh, well, I hope I can meet your expectations. <laughs> well, I'll check it out. I promise. I'll, I'll yeah. go check it out and, uh, and, and take a little listen. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> how much uh, so, yeah ahead, I was say, how much pot do you smoke a day would you say hmm. i would say <laughs> i like this i smoke about a an ounce not an ounce i would say an ounce lot not per day an ounce lasts me like four days Wow. That's so, a lot. That's yeah. so that means you're doing about a quarter a day. I mean, quarter quarter ounce a day. I I I contribute a lot of money to the industry. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? The thing is, like, I there there's a reason behind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see there is a reason. It's not just like I'm sitting here getting high in my house for for nothing. I like, am so happy you said that. There, I am there is so happy because even one of my there. podcast episodes, 
I bring in an expert, which is a doctor, an actual MD, who really kind of got me started on it. And I really weigh in on what it is as a medicine. You yeah. know what I mean? Because weed really does serve a purpose to everybody. You just have to treat it as a medicine. That means consume it as a medicine. So no. for me, it is a painkiller. I don't need to take all the oxy that my doctors try to give me. I don't need to take all the steroid injections that they try to give me. I would much rather smoke pot. You no, know? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a serious thing because like, I know of people that their pain was so out of control, they thought about taking their own life. And it's something like weed that goes, okay, I can, I can be normal. I can be here. I can withstand this pain. So I can understand how important that can be. Right. How, how does Bravo deal with you, uh, deal with you and your marijuana consumption? <laughs> <laughs> um well they're very understanding and they've been very understanding of my uh, autoimmune disease through the whole process you know anywhere from accommodations to everything they've been really really um over the top generous in that respect um but we are talking about a substance that is not yet federally legalized and Bravo is not just committed to California and New Jersey and these states that are legalized. We're committed to America and a lot of other countries out there. So it makes sense that I don't want to disrespect the people who are watching and just sit there and roll up a fatty and spark it up while my baby's, you know, like 20 feet. You know what I mean? There's just a little bit of respect that I bring forward. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But Bravo is very understanding. Have you got to smoke with Andy yet? What's that? Have you smoked with Andy yet? Andy, Andy Cohen? Cohen? Yeah. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh, Gigi, um, you're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, Gigi? I'm, again, I'm in New York. Dax is out in, out in L.A. What is the most overrated L.A. restaurant? Overrated? Yeah. Like, what's the number El one? El Pasteo. No, it's El Pasteo. El Pasteo is so overrated. They just have one pasta that I love, the truffle one, but that thing costs like $500 for a plate of it. So it's just, it's like a flashy car scene out front. All of the, 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 like, you know, I can't name drop the names that are always hanging out over there, but I think we know. Now, I I would say the Ivy, Adam, because it's like the Ivy is just like, yeah, I'm like, the food's not that great, and it's really expensive. Yeah. The lobster. It, yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it, it just used to be the hot spot, and so it remains, yeah. like, a popular name. But, like, I feel like you can get the a better food somewhere else. Sorry, Ivy. Is, is Craig's that good? I don't like Craig's either, but that's where you're supposed to go to get a high-class prostitute for the gentleman what? out there. Yeah, everybody really? knows that. Yeah, Craig. I didn't know that's that. Where, yeah, that's where everybody goes for for the getting a high class escort. That's why if I go, I have to dress like a homeless person because I don't <laughs> want to get mistaken for one of those. You know, I love pretty women, but no, I thought I thought Craig's was just like the place to go get like your photo taken. Like that's yeah, where yeah, the yeah. paparazzi always paparazzi. hang out. Oh my god, it is. What is that? I know the 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 host uh, or he's the manager. I think. Um, he even told my me and my sister a specific somebody 
um, called the paparazzi in mm-hmm. to inform them that they were coming to Craig's. That's very well, normal. Sure, that, happens all the time. that happens yeah. all the time. You'll have managers, you'll have celebs calling and saying, hey, I'm going to be here. But that, that's that's just part of the yeah, Hollywood that's, game. That's, 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 yeah. that's, really? That's a what, a restaurant? Oh, yeah. But oh, it's yeah, like but, you go to Craig's if you're like promoting something, you have an announcement maybe because you walk out, you just, you know, you have a press conference. As soon as you come out, like, hey, how was the veal parmesan? It's like, wow, it's like, what do you, it's just what it is. It's part of the experience. You know, I think they love it because it's selling for them and people go for the show. And I, and I, I've never been there, but what I've been told, it's like the way that opening the front door is like everyone sees who walks in. Is that true? Like it's very kind of visible restaurant. So, and that's what people want to see. People want to see who walked in. Um, I, I don't, I don't really think I, 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 I'll be honest. I'm very shy when it comes to taking pictures and, uh, the whole red carpet stuff and repeats. I look, feel like, and I know I look like, I don't just feel like I look like I'm constipated when I'm in front of the cameras. It's just, it's an awkward feeling for me. I feel like, like I'm posing. It just feels very fake to me. So I try to sort of do the side of the restaurant, my back will be turned type of situation. Unless all the hot guys are on the other side and I have to look, you know, but (laughs) what has been your experience with the paparazzi over the years? Awesome. I have never had a bad run in with, uh, any paparazzi ever. I'm honestly, I'm grateful to all paparazzi because it's these type of images that I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on, on magazines to, to know what these people are doing in their lives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I love it. That's just, good. I just don't want to be- ever have like, and you know, where they send a drone in your house and watch you masturbating or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going on, but do you feel that, was it cool the first moment you opened a magazine and you, you found yourself? I I have saved as many as I've ever seen out or if anyone's told me or if my publicist has told me, if anyone tells me, I try to find it and save it. So I think it's beyond cool, man, because I know this isn't forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know it's not. And I know that that day is going to come and, and I'm, I'm going to be stupid to have said I was annoyed by that. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, man, I'm fucking living it up with this. It's a good outlook, Gigi. Good outlook. Adam, <laughs> any last questions for her? Because we have kept her way longer than we said last we would. Last question. So. <laughs> I want to know, what is your favorite series besides your own on Bravo? And what is the one that you just can't get into? Um, Can it be like something that's not immediately new? Yeah, that's fine. I have been recently obsessed with this show called Halt and Catch Fire. Have you okay. heard of it? No, no, it is. It is brilliant. It is brilliant. It's on um, Netflix. Yeah, it's called Hulk Catch Fire. <laughs> yeah. It's like 60. It's amazing. Why are you laughing? Because I asked what was on Bravo. <laughs> oh, I thought you said not on Bravo. No, no, no. On Bravo. Oh. I was like, I, I, I was like, I was like oh. this, I, I'm pretty familiar with Bravo. Content. At first I was like, this show's on Bravo. I was like, like oh, most people ask me, like usually if it's not Bravo related, they, everyone assumes you're going to answer. So your own yeah, network. Yeah. Oh, so my favorite show on Bravo. Is your favorite show on Bravo and the, the your favorite show on Bravo besides your own and the one series or show that you just can't get into. Um, I I really did not enjoy the first episode of season one, which I never watched further past out of the Housewives of Dallas. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, it just, yeah, didn't serve me in any, any proper feeling. Um, yeah. my favorite, favorite, I mean, I love the housewives of Atlanta, so yeah, it's crazy, man. Those guys, there's stars down there. I right. wonder, they I, really I, are there. And it's, it's, I think they might, in my opinion, again, that's not, but it's just, I think they might be the biggest stars to come out of the housewife series. I don't know. Bigger than the, band, the, 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 the Beverly you know Hills. What? And and I just think- insane. Yeah, Teresa going to jail made Jersey the the biggest show. And then I think that with our current situation that we're all going through and we see a lot of things that are coming forward right now and people like people are losing jobs or being whatever, however they mm-hmm. want to term it about the jobs being, you know, taken away. Yeah. But, um, you know, so you're seeing a lot of that and you're seeing a lot of that happening on our own network and it, it makes me proud because I'm a Middle Eastern who suffered very hard for that, you know, because of those kind of moments. And now here we have the housewives of Atlanta, someone like Portia Williams, who's out there getting arrested, you know, out there fucking bleeding for rights. And you get inspired. You're like, that's my family right here. You know, that should inspire me and my people and my show, my style of people to get up and fucking fight with you. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think uh, right now Atlanta's on a very different uh, level. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Well, I I actually yeah. almost just fucked up because we do this thing called fan question roulette, and I almost forgot about it, but I need to throw it in real fast. Okay, we have our okay. fans submit questions. Okay. The thing is they don't know the celebrity guests that we're having okay. on our show. So they just submit a question. We pick one at random and see what random. the hell they ask, and you answer it. Are you okay. down? I'm down. We don't right. know. Honestly, we don't know. We don't even what... know what they are because the producer okay. puts them into our bucket of videos. So all I see is the person's name and we okay. go with it. I'm just okay. saying, no okay. butt stuff. Okay. Just nothing too weird. But okay. we're <laughs> all right. we can't promise anything. All right. Yeah. So this one is from Max. That's all I know is his name is Max. What's something that your parents always did when you were younger that you swore you were never going to do, but now you find yourself doing as an adult every day? Oh my God, Max is so sweet. I was really <laughs> expecting like a scary question. I was too. I was the like, next oh, no. be. we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Max. Um, telling people what to do. You know, I think the one thing we, uh, probably all of us kids, constantly say, stop telling me what to do. You yeah. know, leave me alone. I just noticed now the rules have turned and I'm always telling my parents what to do. It's interesting. Like, I'm like, would you not do that? Go sit over there. Put your jacket on. It's no, 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 no. That's not appropriate. Change that. No, it's no. so true. Brush, it's brush so your true. hair down. Brush your yep. hair. <laughs> so. ab- absolutely true. All right. Let's do one more before we get out of here. Uh, let's right. go with Reagan. All right. Here's Reagan. Reagan here. My question is, if you had to choose between being the funniest person in the room or being the most intelligent person in the room, which would you choose? Hmm. I like it, Reagan. <laughs> That's good. That's a very, very intelligent question. Um... <laughs> you know, fuck. Because there's so many smart people that are so impossible to talk to because they're just so dull. But then yeah. 
-hmm. Laughter can get annoying if someone's just always being funny and sarcastic all the time. You just want to punch them after a while. But if you're smart enough, you find a way to change your behavior. So I would probably be the smartest person in the room. I like it. All right. All right. Smartest person. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for answering our fan roulette questions. It's always fun just to see what people come up with. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been a fun little addition that we have added to our show recently. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And make sure you follow Gigi uh, at GG uh, under hyphen, whatever the fucking thing is. Uh, G-O-I-N-E-S-A underscore. GG underscore G-O-I-N-E-S-A. And make sure you tune into. G-O-L, not I. Oh, you know what, dude? I have it spelled on my computer. So it's. You were right. GG underscore G-O-L-N-E-S-A. And my podcast will definitely be the best name ever. Genuinely GG. Genuinely GG. Go check it out. It is now live on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. Go check her out. Support her. Um, You know, she's she's fresh to the podcast game and she's got a good team behind her. So we wish you much luck in the podcasting world. Uh, you know, from from our show to yours, uh, you know, we thank you for ha- for coming on and just hanging thank out you. with us for a little bit. You're a really fun guest. Thank you guys so much for having me and allowing me to get the word out there. I really appreciate the help. Thank you guys. Of course. All right. Take care. Bye. Cool girl, dude. She was really dope. I liked her a yeah, lot. She's cool. She was yeah, fun. She's fun. She's cool. She keeps it real. And I, I, I always like person like as a person who will like just kind of talk shit. And, you know, because we always have people sugarcoat everything. But she. She seems honest. She seems real. I'm excited for her podcast. Yeah, I, I think, like I said to her, I you know, I, I think that people that just put it all out there are the most interesting people to listen to. And and it goes for whether you like their opinion or don't like their opinion. They're polarizing. And people who are polarizing are interesting. And I learned that working at TMZ was like, you don't want the people in the middle that don't ruffle feathers. You want the yeah. people that are extremes and people hate them and people love them because people then talk about them and so yeah she's a perfect example of that for sure well you could check out this interview on our youtube you can see the video portion but this is also on all social media platforms you can find me at at adam glynn g-l-y-n you can find dax holt at d-a-x-h-o-l-t and we'll see you guys later and go check out our tiktok it's blowing up it's doing really well it's been fun We've been putting little clips up there, and people seem to respond really well to it. So thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. A Media Production.